Kia ora te whanau. welcome to Under the Whaaraki, I'm Tahu. And I'm Anatola. And today we're talking about living with disabilities. And we have a beautiful guest with us, we're so excited to have her here to provide her insight and her knowledge and really share space where it's safe. So yeah, we'll pass it over to her to introduce herself. Kia ora, my name is Emma, I'm living um, here in Tamaki Makoto. I've been here about 20 years. Um, I'm a, a wheelchair user um, and live with disability and I'm really passionate about um, music, spoken word, photography and um, social issues. Great, cool. Kia ora. I have a thousand more questions, but we'll start with the game. Ye na na ye. I'll explain it, so you're either a ye na or you're a na ye. That's it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and today there's a statement, so you have to choose if you are the yena or na ye to this statement, okay? Does the TV volume have to be on an even number? Yena, na ye. Do you want to go first, Emma? Yeah. Na? Na ye. Na ye. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Really? Why? Just always had that. I just, I was like, I'm learning about the TV remote. It has to be an even number. That's the only thing I know right now. It's got to be an even number. Cool. You don't go halves, nothing like that. Okay. I'm so with you. It's a nah, yeah. It has to be an even number. Even numbers are just better. Like a number two, a number eight. They're so much more pleasing to look at. They're not like a three. <laughs> oh, I love an eight. Like I love it. It's great. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a good day. Okay. I feel the energy coming through. Uh, cool. <laughs> cool. What's um, your answer? I'm honestly a uh, by ears person. So if it sounds right to me, <laughs> then I'll, I'll stop wherever it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got no preference. Yeah, I like to think of them. I, I like that answer, though. Fella. <laughs> okay. no, that, yeah. That's great. I feel like these are the questions that we should be asking ourselves because I think they're really like, it's just like quirky little questions, you know? Yeah. Get to know each other a little bit more. You figure out where each other are at, kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah, and if we're in the car now, like if I'm with Tahu that I know, like he's just going to go by his feeling, but if you put on a five, I'm going to put it on a six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. feeling until I, I see it on, on number. Yeah. Um, awesome, that's a great game. Um, we're going to jump into a pop quiz where Emma's going to be asking us questions and Tahu and I have these gorgeous whiteboards and we're going to write our answers. No promises we're going to get any of this right. I'm going to try beat Tahu. Um, but that's the only one I get. One, one question right and it's fine. Um, and yeah, so Emma's going to ask us some questions so we can go from there. Cool. So what percentage of New Zealanders live with a physical, sensory, learning, mental health or other impairment? Mm. I'm just going to go. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Go. Just I don't know if it. I've gone high or low. Yeah. Like very, like... But I've gone safe. <laughs> I've kind of gone with like a, it might be like insultingly low. Oh. <laughs> okay, here we go. You just did it. Okay. Here we go. Mmm, interesting. <laughs> That's not insuring. Whoa. Hello. You do go because, higher Because than Emma me. included. Yeah, that's why I upped my number. Yeah, I, I thought you'd go higher, but then I was like, I don't know. 
Yeah, so I mean, going with the feeling, it's it's close to, to 23. It's 24. Oh, oh my days! <laughs> Do you know, I, I had 24 in my head, but I, oh I just listened to you guys talk about how it has to be an even number. So I wanted to go against your even oh, number yeah. theory. <laughs> with the 23. Whatever. <laughs> I wanted to make it uncomfortable, and I knew you would go with the eight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I see the even number. I see, I see the even number over there, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-four percent. Yeah. Damn, twenty-four percent. That's quite a lot, eh? So it's That's about one it's about four. one. Yeah, exactly. It's about about one in four. So, you know, get four people. One of them might experience disability, even if it looks sort of different. Right. Depending on which person. Yeah. On the spectrum of disability. Yeah. 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 Cool. Love it. Thanks I'm the closest. That's a dub for me. <laughs> <laughs> one nil. Oh no. <laughs> this, is, this is it. This is it. One <laughs> Okay. So, second question true or false? Disabled people are more likely to have lower incomes than non disabled people. Answers true. True. Mm, yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, sort of all on the same page there. Yeah, it's it's. I guess it, it does look different, and different things influence that. But um, yeah, a lot of people. There's lots of things that I think that could affect people in terms of their working with disabilities. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sort of sort of socioeconomic inequalities, like a lot of other groups, disabled people are also affected by that. Yeah. Question: If people um, are thinking that they're being paid really badly mm. due to disability. Mm. Are there places that they can go to to get support with that? The union. Yeah, Is yeah. Union? I think like there's advocates and there's people who are sort of really looking to teach people to advocate for themselves now. Yeah. Um, but there are sort of other organisations that can sort of push those sort of things along if um, someone's not really able to advocate for themselves at that, at that point in time. Because mm. I feel like the Human Rights Commission would have... Right. Yeah, yeah, as well as some more like community based organisations yeah, right. like um, Auckland Action Against Poverty mm. um, had helped me out in the past and also, uh, you know, really accommodating in terms of looking at, you know, what your circumstances are and how they can help you to sort of get sort of some more equitable support if that's yeah. what you're after. But again, um, people who are working as well might experience lower incomes. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's really important to know. Wait, next question. Cool. Number three is what percentage of disabled adults are employed? Okay. Right. Stick with it. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Fifteen percent. I went with sixty-five percent. Okay, it's it's in the middle there. Um, forty-five. Oh my god! I've read out a forty-five. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> you knew it. My forty-five. Oh, go with your gut, Tyler. Every I time. But then I thought about the spectrum. Of disability, like you said, there might be like a huge range, so I might not be aware of how many people are actually 
you know, have That's good thought processes. It's good. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, maybe I miss a little bit more, I don't know. I just thought that, just because I know there's so many issues when it comes to that, so I was thinking like, I don't know if people, anyway, side point. Sorry, I'm dragging that on. I, mean, I, do know I really like the I like the progressive answer there because I mean if it's sixty five you know there's you know there's room for progress so yeah. I think yeah. that number reflects room for progress. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And okay. That, so I see you. That also does compare to seventy two percent of um, non disabled adults. So obviously, like not all people with, without disabilities are employed. So. Yeah. Even then, there's like quite a big yeah. inequality there in that number. So totally, yeah, it does sort of reflect the challenges to work for disabled people. Yeah, absolutely. Massive. Any other questions? Gonna keep going. Here we go. One more. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Last question. Sorry, last. two nil. I'll give you double <laughs> points for this last one if you want. <laughs> I gotta pick up my game. Cool. <laughs> so this is another true or false? True or false? Okay. Um, disabled children are less likely to do social things such as play in a sports team. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Right. What, we go what, we what we got, what we got, what we got. I've gone false. False. I've gone true. Yes, mm. yes. No, we have to split it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're going to find it out? <laughs> yeah, so I went false because I thought of the amount of kids there are. Mm. Uh, and there's like, if there's only 25, if there's only one in four is disabled, the other three, there's probably one in those three that are playing sport mm. at school. Like, I remember all of them at school. Mm. There's not many kids that... Yeah. In the percentages wise, I'm thinking mathematical. Mm. I might have gone to Dukuhohunu into this, but mm. <laughs> I, I can see why you've answered it that way, and I have no response to that. <laughs> I just thought true, and I agree with it. <laughs> what is it? It is true. Damn, my days. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's interesting to think about like inclusive participation and those opportunities and like. Yeah looking at over time what those opportunities look like. So um, at the moment it is it is true. Um, young people are less likely, with, with disabilities, disabled children are less likely to be able to do social things like sports, but hopefully yeah. hopefully that can change. Absolutely. Um, I but guess it comes down to resources, eh? Yeah. Put a, like there might not be enough to make even a team or even a league for them. Yeah, and I think it goes in so many directions because, um, you know, for children to want to participate, they need to be, like, encouraged, um, you know, in a, in a wider sense, yeah. like, in the school, and that also is important, like, for teaching staff and their perceptions of disability and how they, you know, accommodate in, like, an inclusive sense. So there are some great people working on this, but um, we need it for, for everyone, right? Well, that's yeah. what I was thinking is also I feel like a lot of people, if there were struggles with a child they would, because of lack of education, they would be more inclined to put them to the side or not include them. Just because yeah. I feel like a lot of people aren't equipped because we don't educate people, we don't make these conversations visible, and so they get overwhelmed with it, and then these kids kind of lose out on really great opportunities. Yeah, yeah, it also, so many things, like, affect, like, policies that affect disability, even yeah. for children, like, <clears throat> how much funding is um, offered to schools and yeah. schools that are sort of lower decile and have higher 
um, proportion of Māori Pacifica actually have been shown to be more inclusive of disabled mm. students. So oh. I went to a high decile school and while it was very accessible and inclusive, it's also, you know, the, the social environment. Um, so it's not, not the same everywhere for how yeah. disabled students are sort of perceived and included. That's good to know. Yeah. Oh. Right? Yeah. yeah. Massive. Thanks, Emma. That's great. Cool. <clears throat> Do you want us to go straight into the questions, Stevie? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, thank you so much for that, Emma. I feel like I learned a lot in that. Um, I will I will say to who I think I levelled up on your um, number, because you did say double points, just saying. Just saying. And I so did get the first two, so, so it was three draw. points. No. I got three points. You got two, so I won. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay, we're going to get into the questions, Emma. And already we've had like really beautiful conversations just from that um, pop quiz. Um, but I think like my first question starts with... Um, I feel like a lot of people have, you know, very little or no understanding or they have really harmful perceptions of, of disabilities or people with disabilities. So if you were to describe the word disability as someone that doesn't know very much about it, how, how would you go about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's, there's different ways that I look at it on a day-to-day -day basis. Like I think about how I experience disability and if I look at myself in the first instance, how I've experienced disability has changed over time. Um, I think of it as a like quite a fluid concept and something that's not like um, it can be used as, as a label in a good way, can be used as a label in a bad way, but the way it, um, it sort of manifests in individuals' experiences um, is so different. I think really it's something that poses challenges to active participation, mm -hmm. um, but really um, being disabled by environments <coughs> also looks different to how one experiences disability. Um, like we talk about disabled people and people with person with a disability um, and even how I experience one environment, my disability might look different there compared to how I experience it at home, for example. So I think it's really wide, um, but I think they're like individualised as well as more community and social based um, sort of ideas of disability that, yeah, that I might think about. Right, that's a whole topic, eh? Yeah. The word disability. So you can break it down in so many different avenues. Yeah, definitely. Even environments, how you talked about, like what your environment looks like at home compared to in social settings mm. and how your disability mm. is reacted to. Um, what are you? What is your actual disability, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so I have um, cerebral palsy and complex regional pain syndrome. So um, it really came from like a, like a birth injury, um, like having brain surgery and things. Um, but I've also had other challenges a bit with like my mental health and ongoing with, with pain, with that pain syndrome, um, as well as sort of some tightness and muscle movement um, challenges. I haven't actually like with the tightness and movement, it's, it's pretty mild f for me, but um, I really don't really think about it that much anymore in terms of what I what I can do but I've found I've been I'm now more open to looking at things that can help me rather than just wanting to kind of do it myself yeah. so that was a long answer for what is your disability <laughs> yeah, yeah, but cerebral, what is actually cerebral palsy yeah. um so it's a it comes from like having a like brain injury and it just affects your muscles and sometimes the way they move and the tightness. Um, yeah, a lot of people experience it, um, but it's, it is, again, like on a spectrum, so it cool. is experienced differently. What was the second one you said, sorry? Uh, it's complex regional pain syndrome. What is um, that? It's <coughs> basically where your brain 
constantly sends pain signals. So um, it sort of changed over time, but I kind of get pain in all four limbs. Um, it's been for like maybe nine nine years now, um, but sometimes pain changes depending on energy and stress and um, mm. even the cold can, can affect um, wow. things like that. And, and you know when you've engaged in like the medical world, mm. have you found that it's gotten easier over time to access those spaces regarding, you know, it, having a really empowering experience or is it still quite the same as it's been since you were a little kid? It's very <laughs> different now. Um, mm. I'd say that it's pretty convoluted actually depending on which medical discipline views disability in right. which way and, you know, what their like ultimate you know, what their stance is on disability. So I say even now, it, I'd say before it was really confusing, um, like, why is this happening? Am I doing something wrong in terms of how I'm looking at my disability? But it does really depend, I think, on the actual part of the health system and the way it views it. So yeah. I think that's why it's good to have, like, community support to ground your identity as a disabled person. So Yeah, yeah that grassroots level of, of work, right, with yeah. those advocates, but also, like, to have a community feel of a village that is supporting each other, right? Totally. Yeah, because yeah. I have a few friends that have intellectual dis uh, intellectual disabilities, mm. so dyslexia and ADHD. Mm. Is, is that intellectual mm -hmm. disability? Yeah. And then I, um, I have a cousin who, who, who lives with Down syndrome. And we sort of talk about like neurodiversity, I think. Right, now. okay. Yeah, yeah, so some of that might be neurodiverse. Yeah, yeah. And having these two experiences with family and friends, I've watched my friends and mm. then I've also watched my auntie experience the health prof the health profession and just the so many loopholes in it and the language use and um, the really um, judgment that comes across and that's really difficult for people to experience. And like when you're trying to support someone that you love or support yourself, did you find that you had a great support system when you were younger to like engage in that space? Yeah, I think it's, that's a good question. Like I think it was, it took me a really long time to conceptualize what good support looked like mm. to, to me. Um, and having a good support system doesn't mean you're not independent and that is like something I did not understand for a long time yeah um so yeah that's like really interesting that you've you know known some other people with their experiences and how their support might not have reflected how they were supported in the health system maybe so um I think even in the, your experience in the health system comes down to the individuals working there and um yeah. it's kind of I don't know looking at health like being interconnected um, with other things, but also um, looking at sort of interdependence, like while we're independent, you know, how we experience relationships and interdependent sort of social processes, mm. maybe. I mean, everyone does that. So um, looking at how we can make, connect some more dots for disabled people, house system and outside, it's, I yeah, know. really important things to look at. You talked about, um, like, how you've been more open to helping resources <laughs> now. Oh, the resources that help you out with your disability, and originally finding that independence was that a a thing that you needed um, to kind of fight against, like thinking against you're just disabled or you're independent or I don't know how to politically what's the political correct way of addressing those things, but so you started at the, when you're coming out of high school and everybody. There, I remember when I was coming out of high school, I had like no independence, but I wanted all this independence, mm. and I had no real way of earthing it because I didn't understand who I was anyway. 
Mm. Um, how did you feel coming out of high school and then with the whole world in front of you, but you had another thing, not just me, which was my own head, and you talked about mental health before, mm. um, but also an actual real disability. Mm. Yeah, how hard was it finding your independence out of school and away from that support system? Mm. Sorry, I really struggled through that question because no, I couldn't find okay. the right way to move No, it. just really want to validate also this, the place that mental health has in all of this and um, mm. how I think, you know, mental health can be disabling in some ways and um, coming out of school, that is a, a complicated one. Um, yeah, I, I think I maybe had unrealistic expectations about how much... I could do. Um, yeah. I had some really great support um, in the disability community. Like I did a, a leadership program. Yeah. Um, they've they've sort of recently rebranded. It was done by the B Lab, um, so it was called the B Leadership Program. Um, and I did that alongside a first year of studies where I was learning stuff as well as working and learning about disability in this amazing program. Um, and I was also learning that disability didn't look like what I thought it looked like. Um, and having these sort of different images of disability and then looking back to when I was at school and realising certain people really enabled me to actively participate. Mm. And then suddenly we're wondering, where are they? You know, what are they? Um, can, I, can I take what they've given me and can they give it to me again <laughs> now that I've left school? So I think... Yeah, there was a loss of certain support, but maybe um, it was it was a scary time to see how d disability might fit into the areas I was studying in, mm. and seeing that actually uh, it didn't look too good in those disciplines that I was studying. So at the start, that was pretty scary. Yeah, well, just the unknown, right? And branching out into a space that you would have to not have that support system directly with you. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people experience out of school, right? Like yeah. you leave school and like you don't have a teacher kind of being there to like support you through every step, like, you know, l overlooking each paragraph you wrote or whatever it may be. And then you go to like, I know for me, like going to university, it was like, no one's there to help you. They're just there to like talk, yeah. to, talk at you for three hours and then they gap it and then you have an assignment to do and you're like, wait, how do I write an essay again? Yeah. Like it's like the, the unknown is so, I know you in the educational world, um, but like, you know, the unknown. And so when you add so many other unknowns onto onto just a life experience it could be so overwhelming um do you find that a lot of people who have disabilities also experience a mental health as well well we all experience mental health but to the mm. extent of what some people can experience it as totally um i know that that is quite common um in a lot of disabilities even like how isolation affects our mental yeah. health and if if we're not able to participate or even safely participate mm. um I think, yeah, it really affects mental health because we, we don't really know um, what those opportunities will look like in the future mm. and um, the sense of being, you know, an active um, active citizen and a, a sort of advocate for socially just opportunities for participation. Mm. That can be really hard if we don't know enough about the platforms on which those things are going to um, be best received. And, um, yeah, it can be really challenging. I think I've definitely found that for myself. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to the mental health side, I, I didn't even, it's kind of like, as we've been talking about it, put it into perspective for me, because I, I dealt with a lot of that coming out of school. Mm. Um, you know, just real life, hitting you a bills and whatnot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bills not and the B grades. word. <laughs> yeah, not the B word. 
<laughs> but like coming out of school, I was I actually had quite a like self sabotaging experience, like where I was in bad relationships. Um, I was uh, I was I got addicted to gambling. I've smoked ever since I was out of school. Mm. Um, lots of things like that where I've put myself in these hard positions, and it's ended up turning into um, a challenge for me mentally. Yeah. Um, and stepping back from it and then realising it's all myself doing all these things to myself. But I, I like now thinking about how much harder it is for you because you hadn't even had any choice of disability. And for all of our disabled whānau, like they don't even have a choice on that part. So then, and I'm sure you guys do self-sabotaging stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Don't me, we all. Like, I was like, Don't we all. there's so much more on the plate to consider, mm. and I think that's quite a, a, a tomah, a heavy topic. Like, that for me, I when I put it into perspective of my world and how hard I find things for myself, mm. it always makes me grateful. Um, that at least I, I started with normal conditions, you know, with oh, well, is normal not the right word. Yeah, Novel's sorry. an interesting word. Yeah, we talk about normal cool a lot. Yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you ask my brother what he thinks, I said once, am I acting normal? He said, what is normal? Is this normal? Am I normal? Is any of this normal? Yeah. yeah but that would take right. us down a normative political theory route. So um, looking around that as in, is it normal to like look at a bill and be like, whoa, this is big. Like yeah. a lot of things you say, it is right. normal, but how you experience that and the feeling, it's like, we don't talk enough about that. You know, yeah. we, do, you know we do normal things and we say, am I reacting to this in a normal way? And mm. I mean, personally, I was like, I don't know how. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting to think about how normal things, like how we experience those differently, whether we're doing it in the right way or the wrong way. And um yeah, it's for people who experience disability and those who don't. So um, I guess that, yeah, it does make it sort of challenging to sort of think that, you know, I might have extra things to deal with as well as normal things. Um, but that sort of does sort of bridge a gap as well as to, you know, having a conversation around how those things fit into the disabling environments that sometimes are uh, affecting our everyday lives. I feel like also like the 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 definition of normal is so boring. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. I, I, rem I remember being a kid and just striving for this idea of what normal was. Normal. And I was like, yeah. like I'm going to say it, but like, fuck normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what does that even mean to anyone, really? Um, because I feel like my normal is different to yours and different to yours and anyone else's. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm sitting here thinking about, like, all these things we've shared and, like, the struggles that Tahu's faced and, like, everyone's face, right? Yeah. But also, like, your your, your specific experiences of living with disability mm. and having lived with, with mental health, um, which is can be really overwhelming. So how do you how do you experience joy? How do you where do you find your joy to kind of bring back this this really beautiful like life that we want to live and not dwell on the things that also make it quite difficult, but kind of fill back our kithe and you know experience life to what we want it to be. Yeah, totally. That's that's yeah, really interesting. Um, I really like, I love music. Um, I've written a lot of music over the years. Um, yeah. I know that, that that has been like kind of a constant for me, um, even if how that how I experienced that has changed sort of over time. Um, but I also like um, 
noticing the small things like with some photography and going out in nature and like looking at something I can access and like making it something beautiful like in a photo mm. um cool. yeah I know a few disabled photographers who you know really you know getting this perspective sort of lower down um you know it does offer um a different sort of viewpoint in some ways so um my photography skills um have a lot a long way to go but um have improved but um, so, yeah, I really enjoy the music photography, but also sort of spoken word. Um, mm. Yeah, we love spoken word. We love, we love it. We love it. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, I think, beyond um, challenges for access for disabled people, organisations who really want to offer mm. opportunities for disabled people, they also are, you know, being maybe disabled by other things like, um, you know, funding opportunities and yeah. the built environment and the lack of sort of, attention to like universal design mm. so uh, uh, organizations that have great ph inclusive philosophies um may not be able to offer everything they want to because um just the way that you know our um cities are being built it's just not accessible always for disabled people so yeah, yeah i see organizations doing what they can and um it's it would be great if they could be offered more resources so Absolutely. that they can they can include more around um, you know different groups that they're sort of including. You know when you say the word resources, what what do you mean by that? Because I think a lot of the time people hear that and they're like, yeah yeah yeah, but wait, what is that again? You know, like what what do you mean when you say resources? I think a lot of it comes down to money. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> but even like um, different types of organisations might have different barriers to that. Um, I think a lot of information about how to um, cater to disabled people and be really inclusive in nature. A lot of that information is kind of out there, but it's not really front and centre, which is, um, which is which is tricky because sometimes we 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 want to make something accessible, but we don't know exactly what's missing Absolutely. or what we can add to that. So. Um, resourcing, yeah, a lot of it is down to money, but also information mm. and how we receive it in sort of a 21st century context. Yeah. 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 I have a friend. Um, he's currently living, he lives with Tourette's. And I don't know what type of disability, is that intellectual or is that neuro? Um, I think it comes under neurodiversity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he lives with Tourette's. And something, I was thinking about things that might be triggering for you, because I've been like, you know, because I'm so poor at wording no, <laughs> things nicely, yeah. um, I like feel like stepping on eggshells when I try and explain things, you know, I don't want to be offensive. And something for him that's really offensive, um, he's quite big in the social media world and he a, a lot of the time gets um, people messaging him, mm -hmm. um, fake, these are fake, you're not doing it correctly and how you've been explaining it, how there's the whole spectrum of how um, disabilities can be experienced. Um, what's something that's triggering, that has been a trigger for you um, moving, growing up, just in this world? Yeah, I think, yeah, good question. Um, it's really interesting how um, sort of people want to see what disability looks like for someone, like be like this, 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 in my experience is disability and yeah, people want to, want to they want like, answers, right? Yeah. So I think even conceptualising what a normal experience of one disability looks like, um, it really... What it says in the book. Yeah. What that disability I, is. I think it's just so harmful because it, 
it's like giving the book a power to say what your lived experience should look like. And like with this new neurodiversity movement, um, for example, looking at really holistic um, sort of views, people who experience, you know, autism and ADHD and other, um, sorry, sort of um, neuro experience of neurodiversity. Um, that is one example of a great new way of looking at what was um, before perceived as intellectually disabled, intellectually disabled, and not being right. able to do things based <clears throat> on intelligence. So, right. um, but even what my disability looked like, like I could walk around and look pretty normal. Um, probably like, um, y yeah, we didn't know actually till really late that I had, um, cerebral palsy, which wow. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of someone being diagnosed as late as I was, um, old you? 12 years old. Wow. And I think it's probably cause I'm technically left-sided impaired, but also left-handed. Um, but looking at how that had ex maybe made me seem like I wasn't able to do as much it's cause I was left-handed impaired and also left-handed so um but even that you I, th I I thought to myself did they cancel out have I just have I have I overcome from being left-handed but mm. even these notions of overcoming or you look normal this is such a good thing um can also be really disabling I think I love that you said that like we don't want to live our lives with a book description like we want to mm. live with the now and how people experience it and I think like you know, I don't know much, and, and I'm, I'm assuming you don't know much about, you know, people living with disabilities. And I think this is a great learning experience that when you don't talk about enough or something's not visible enough, you're so painfully and sometimes really harmfully ignorant about it. Mm. And that's why the more we talk about it, like addressing it under this Fadaki, you know, podcast, mm. is that we're having these conversations so that our language can be, get, get better and we can have more knowledge so that if we do experience people with such different experiences to our own, we know how to engage where it's a mana honoring you know experience and not one that's disempowering or stripping or even sometimes people can say things not even intentionally harm like meaning anything mm. but the impact is so different and totally. I think that's what we have to remember and I I love this person their name is Alok V Menon I don't know if you know them mm. um but they talk a lot about the gender binary and they say a lot about like I don't need you to understand me I just need you to empathize with me as a human, as mm. another human, to see me as a human and know that I'm allowed to experience life as, as I see it. Yeah. And I love that, like, I'm never going to understand your experience and you won't understand mine, but we can sit together and have a safe human, like, conversation about the world and how we experience it. And I think that's what we need more of is, like, not understanding each other. It's just, like, giving space to, like, learn more about each other. Um, do you find that people already perceive you in a certain way before they've met you? Um, I think it was hard for me to know because I was putting up such a front right? Um, through not like even understanding my own experiences. Um, and I think, um, sorry, a bit of a, a nerd, but like I did a history major and how different, you love it. Yeah, <laughs> how different historical events are like portrayed in like the books and things. Ooh, yeah. Um, I was like, if I did something like that on disability, um, how would I do it? And I realized the way that I had historically in my own experience recognized my disability as really harmful. Um, right. I think it gave very little space for me to even um, feel comfortable, even if it was an accommodating um, conversation. So um, I feel like giving space and it's not just physical space, but, um, you know, being in the same space as someone where you've got like a mutual understanding of like, um, dignity and like mm. human worth. Um, I think it's 
yeah, I feel like that's such a good grounding. Someone tried to tell me that I had dignity and human worth while they were trying to explain what dignity meant. But they were trying to tell me that to explain what dignity is. Yeah. And as they were telling me that I had dignity, I thought, I don't. Mm. And I think that was the moment that, yeah, Mm. things really had to change because they said, we all have dignity. And I was like, I don't think I do. Wow. That's so powerful, uh, right? Like someone saying, no, you do, like trying to be, I guess you <laughs> yeah. would say nice, but in your head you're like, well, I don't, and I need to go figure that out for myself. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, like, how as a society can we do better when it comes to people with disabilities? And as you said, it's so much more complex and vast than what a lot of us who have very narrow-minded ideas about it how do we as a society get better when it comes to people with disabilities? It's a good question. I think a lot of um, basic things like human rights things need to change. Like in terms of our housing, right? You think of, you know, your house, your whare, what that looks like, how you experience it um, and sort of what goes into that in a philosophy, right? It is, it's really hard for people, you know, they've got like makeshift ramps in, in their houses and it's not it's not good enough, it's not, mm. not perfect, but yeah. um, at least I can get into it. Um, I feel like that's one of the first things that needs to change because if you don't feel included in the place where you're like spending a lot of your time, then yeah. going out in the community is going to be like even harder. So I think maybe talking about more of these issues and uh, more people bringing their like expertise, um, like non-disabled people and mm. how they could help this conversation, I think that would help put disabled people at the centre um, totally. of this conversation. Um, I think that's, yeah, just being open to how um, challenging some of these issues are to look at rather than you know, looking at that's an immigration issue, that's a health issue, that's an education issue, because they're interconnected, right? And Oof, these yeah. processes, um, yeah, really need open conversations to, to to see the issues for what they are when historically disabled people have um, experienced a lot of harms um, that there were no conversations or records about. So yeah. given our 21st century opportunities, um, I think, yeah, it opens up a lot of space for conversations. So... We need to have the conversation. Hard out. And that's like, as you said, it's all interconnected. So why aren't we also like our ministries and our organisations like supporting each other to do that? Like, I know when I was a social worker and I was working under Ministry of Social Development, we didn't do much with Ministry of Education. We didn't do much with Ministry of Health. Yet all of the issues that were coming onto my desk at the time were all interconnected with those with those mm-hmm. ministries. So it's like, why aren't we using each other and um, offering space because it's all weaved in? Mm, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Huge, huge co-pocity. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you've given me so much to think about and you've taught me so much today, so thank you so much for your time. Um, a beautiful way to wrap it up, actually, as mm. you said, it starts with the conversation, you know. Mm. The conversation is not the answer, but start there, Hard at out. least. Hey. Yeah, totally. Cool. Thank you so much, Emma. I'm like, I feel like I talk to you all day about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I've got too many um, questions. Yeah, and I just think the way that you, um, you, 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 you share your knowledge and your experiences is really beautiful, and I hope that everyone who experiences this 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 episode like takes a lot from what I've taken. Yeah. Hopefully, you have too, Tahu. So, thank you so much for offering your time and your energy and just your experiences, which I know is really can be really tiring sometimes. So. 
Thank you so much. Cool. Thank uh, you so much for having me. Yeah, and just a reminder everyone, this is just the start, eh? Hey? Yep. Go do your own research. Yeah, Google's <laughs> free. I can't ask them any questions <laughs> an hour, <okay? laughs> All right, well, thank you all. That's the end of the episode here on Under the Parky. Thank you again, um, Emma, for your time. Thank you.